Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Hello. Can you hear me just fine? I can hear you just fine. I cannot see you, though, but I can hear you. So I will fix, I'll fix the seeing me problem very shortly. Uh, just one moment. I gotta... The, the, the intricacies of getting everything to work on a live stream, I don't think I'll ever quite get used to it, but, you know, I'm trying my best. My friend has told me that when I move, they're going to teach me how to use my stream deck uh, as buttons so that mm -hmm. I can switch between stuff more smoothly because they're very they, they said they're very tired of me on these streams on live you know clicking the windows button or going to like my other monitor between discord and, and obs to get stuff back and forth like you know mute uh the desktop audio versus the uh my audio and stuff like that i actually so, i recently got a stream deck myself uh though i haven't done much with it yet so you might actually get the drop on me there uh, yeah, no, I don't know if I'll ever do anything with mine. I got it, like, probably four months ago at this point. Uh, I got it when it was on a huge sale, and I've been moving, so I haven't had time to touch, and also I have no idea what I'm doing with it, so I'm waiting for them to tell me what to do, and when I move to the new place in, like, two weeks, I'm hoping that they'll tell me what to do, and then I'll actually be able to have a proper other monitor and, and be a little bit more of a professional. That but, seems fair. You're a uh, professional, and you're here, so that's all that matters. I am the loosest possible definition of a professional imaginable. That that you, we are straining the definition uh, to include me, but I appreciate the compliment. I, I have a stream deck as well. The only thing I've actually hooked it up for is uh, I have a button to switch chat from censored uh, 1984 mode to non-censored uh, 1985 mode, uh, depending on whether or not I think YouTube will be particularly upset with the... Uh, frequent swear words they deploy. I, I've noticed that. And before we get into the discussion here, can you actually clarify why they're called 84 and 85 mode? <laughs> 1984, like the book with uh, George Orwell and uh, Oceania okay. and everything. And See, uh, that's what I... 1985, of course, the year they defeated uh, Big Brother. That's what I assumed, but I missed out on that that stream. So I haven't I haven't quite picked up on that and uh uh nirvana didn't know himself either from my understanding so uh i was i've always been trying to figure that out that's one of the things that i missed when i started streaming and wasn't able to watch you quite as much as i used to you know what's interesting um <clears throat> oh excuse me do you know who um oh god i'm actually forgetting his name now he's one of the most famous uh comic writers in, in history I, I, alan moore do you know who alan moore is yeah um, I don't know if Alan Moore is gay, but he's spiritually gay, so we can we can talk about him, I think, in the context of this. But um, one of Alan Moore's um, comics was, um, oh, God, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, yes. which, which I was quite fond of. And when they did a serialized set of comics uh, going into the future, um, it, it, canonically in that universe... 1984 happened and one of the settings uh which takes place i think in the 60s is about like a post oceania england deconstructing you know the ministry of truth and all the institutions that oceania had propped up and it's really really interesting um and there's not really a point that i'm getting to with this but i, I quite like that comic i think 
I mean, that does, it actually sounds quite interesting. And I, I think it's quite relevant today, especially with uh, the events in Tennessee on the uh, odd day that it happened. I, there's a lot of theory going around, and at least in my discussion groups, as to whether or not it was intentional for that day. And for the sake of comedy, I like to say that it was. Are you, you aware of what I'm talking about? Um, no, I don't think so. So in Tennessee, uh, they recently banned a new book in schools oh, and public oh, schools. Oh, I heard about it in Texas. Yes, yes, yes the book bannings. The, they, well, they, did, they did it in Texas as well. But in, in Tennessee, they banned uh, Mouse, that's what everyone's talking about, which is the uh, common popular book that talks about the, the Holocaust. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I believe the guy who wrote it was writing it from, the, from stories told from, by his grandmother, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, or it might have been his mother. And they banned the book, the, the official like note for the ban came out on Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was a very interesting move. And um, it, it's especially uh, interesting to me because immediately after they did this, uh, even actually the same day, a lot of the outlets that were talking about how good it was to ban the book because it's it, of all the graphicness it has and all the violence and stuff, um, which you don't want the kids seeing, they were talking about how it's terrible that uh hollywood is bowing to china by censoring the end of fight club which hollywood didn't actually do because when they sold the rights to the distribution movie company that company which is Tencent Chinese, had, had editing to edit rights, it. yeah yeah they, they they had to do it obviously but um I, you could make the argument with the posters like with uh um black panther and some of the other movies and, and stuff like that but uh um it's it it does all kind of work into the discussion here because it, it does bring up a lot of interesting tidbits that we eventually will talk about on this stream, possibly, because we did discuss some of them previously, like with the uh, how would we go about some discussions? We don't want to um, wash or sugarcoat anything, but we also don't want to stunlock and scar little kids for life. So there, there are interesting ways of like, which books do you have when? How do you talk about stuff in a more... Um, safe manner or how do you talk about stuff uh at different times or different parts of um the exhibit being able to to, to break it up and stuff right and to, and to appropriately discussion. right right to set an appropriate tone because a lot of you know a lot of queer history and queer culture is is this uh, sort of you know joyous um flamboyant um that's a huge part of its outward presentation at the very least um, but then on the other hand, you know, you have all the persecution historically and contemporarily, it, it, or to put it another way, when you go to the Holocaust Memorial Museum, you know, the tone you're going to get, um, you, you know, it, it's very much what's on the tin, you know what you're getting, you're not going to the Holocaust Memorial Museum for a light, uh, breezy, you know, jaunt through, um, you know, joyous, uh, Jewish culture, you're getting the Holocaust Memorial Museum. So with, you know, the, the LGBTQ stuff, where do you thread that line exactly in terms of appropriately depicting, because they're inseparable, really, you know, the flamboyance is a direct response to centuries of stifling. Um, you can't really pull those apart. So I, I think threading that line, it's, it's probably gonna be very difficult. And uh, my camera is doing something weird today. And I don't know why. There we go. And that's actually also why I usually avoid using the um, Holocaust Museum. Like, I'll use the Holocaust Museum as a, a direct comparison from time to time, but usually my go-to is the African-American Museum, because if you've been there, 
uh, you see a lot of comparisons with, yes, they do talk about a lot of uh, uh, folk songs and more upbeat songs, but in doing so, you're not just going to get this washed like a, an old Disney movie. You're, you you have to talk about what led to those songs, which ultimately is um, not the best stuff. And my, I hate this camera. First thing I'm fixing when I get the new setup. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult contrast as well, because, of course, famously, nothing bad has ever happened to African-American people. So, you know, there's a huge range of... Uh, for, yeah, for the stenographer, that was a joke. Thank you. Read that as sarcasm. Yes. Yeah, a, a, a wide <laughs> range of experiences. Um, the, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably a much more apt comparison. Of course, the Holocaust Memorial is about a specific, very bad thing, uh, you know, as opposed to, like, the broader history of a group. Which is uh, definitely, like you say, an exact specific point in time, which is something we have to, to tackle when considering the broadness of the topic we are bringing up here, which, you know, it, it brings us all around. Obviously, we want to talk about, okay, in the beginning, when you first enter, it's been around forever. You do tidbits and, and references to other species, dinosaur times, cavemen, Romans, Greeks, Mesopotamians, all around. Like, it, it comes up everywhere it's not just this is something that happened at stonewall and has been a thing ever since this is something that's been here pretty much forever with its its various definitions and various ups and downs and various um uh interesting points um and i'm trying to remember because you mentioned something when you popped in on last stream i'm trying i wanted to go somewhere with it but i'm trying to kind of remember where i was going with it uh let me see if i actually have it in my notes here because this wasn't a very important topic but i can't quite remember what you said oh we've got it plenty was... of time for your memory to catch up with you it's been a long oh, time since we last spoke by the way how have the accommodations been i know with covid i imagine what would already have been a slow process has grinded to an even slower start but uh you know past that have things been well yeah, for the most part, um, we've had to delay a lot of the stuff we wanted to do on the channel because, like you said, things start to grind a little bit and most people don't have the free time to work on a lot of the, the writing for the videos. Unfortunately, most of the, the more historical-focused videos or more definition-focused videos on different terms and things take a lot more preparation, which right. leads to difficulty with in terms of resources though we have been invited back to a number of uh events we wanted to do that post and pre-covid uh mostly just pride festivals and parades but i do i was going to mention this later but I, to, I guess i'll mention this now if anyone in your chat is familiar with awesome con it's kind of like i like to refer to it as east coast comic con it's a, a big convention largely in dc though i do believe they um do smaller ones throughout the year in other locations as well They've invited us to partner with them this year because they have a, a section called Pride Alley, which has a bunch of artists oh. from the community. And they're going to give us a, a big booth and set us down and uh, we'll bring a bunch of you know, pronoun stickers and stuff that people can wear and partner with them for, for advertising and uh, uh, donations and shirts and stuff like that. Try and help us branch out a little bit there. That's Other fantastic. than that, we also have the Discord. Um, oh, I, I'd meant to ask, by the way, um, obviously there's a, um, there's very much a, a long-term, you know, process of, of building hype. What is the, uh, where is the initial endowment coming from? Like, or, or I should say like, what, what's the, what are you working with to begin with in terms of construction? 
you know? So in terms of initial construction, um, we, we went to a couple different construction companies and talked with them about general ideas for, you know, just going over costs and building pathways based upon the design we have and the design we're working on, which we haven't showcased yet because uh, we wanted to do that at an in-person event, but COVID. Right, of course. Um, and it really mostly largely depends on where we do it because everywhere that we look, they all have their own set of regulations and throughways, which involve either local constituents or larger constituents. For example, if we wanted to do it in DC, you can't really get like, you can't come forth with large direct partnership because it, it can blend into a, with like a corporation, because it can blend into a cross point of interest, trying to get like EDU and stuff. And then largely you have to focus on getting uh, government approval for, for build sites anyway in DC, because everything there is, is uh, congressionally owned. But if we went like somewhere else, it, it really just depends. Um, I wasn't sure where you were going with the question with that. Did you mean like financially or what did, what did you mean specifically? Oh, yeah. In, ter in terms of the, the initial investment made as well. I mean, is this, um, I apologize if it came up earlier and I just forgot to ask, but is this from like a government grant um, that is being put forward or is there a private investor who's looking to construct or is it like an ongoing um, revenue generation scheme? Uh, it's a mixture of ongoing government. So there are a lot of government pathways that can lead to generations in, in forms of grants. We see all this with the African-American Museum and the, the Bible Museum, for instance. But those usually come into like forms of support. The government doesn't want stuff. Uh, they don't want to put money into something that isn't largely being looked at. We saw this with obviously with like a Tesla, for instance. So right now we're kind of doing the whole public hype phase to build so that way when we actually do go to the government and congress and say okay here's the plan to build this here's how much it's cost here's what we need from you here's what we have this is you know we actually are, are presenting with some level of interest mostly right now what it started with was a lot of um mostly just elders and and people from the community who were kind of all over the place and there for a lot of events like you saw with the first stream with uh uh, Monica and Marshall and Millie and such um, right. other just people who've been there and, and don't have a lot of necessarily capital to their name, but. But they, they have, are, they have names all to their name. purposes, the history, right? Of course, right. they they are the history. So um, it was just a bunch of like younger and older people trying to get together to to record their history initially in an online database. And eventually this is leading us to the hopeful event of working towards something a little bit bigger. Yeah, of course. And, you know, there's probably um, plenty of time to go as well. You know, these projects takes a while. Uh, they take a while to accrue. And with COVID, um, I know construction has slowed tremendously all over the country, not just to a shortage in and increased expense of materials, but also it's just harder to get people together. So it's a rough yep. time to be doing anything outside. Oh, definitely. And there are definitely a lot of pathways we can take towards working with companies. I know there's the accusation from the community that a lot of companies just grift in terms of how they represent different minority groups when it comes to their months out of the year. We see this a lot with uh, like companies that will put, I don't want to name names being on you know, YouTube for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but you'll see companies just slap the rainbow on their logo in some countries, but not others. Granted, you know, it's a felony in those countries, so I can't always blame them. But 
it does say a little bit when they aren't directly saying something. Um, there's definitely time to to build up repertoire and, and get support from them because some companies have shown interest in working with us from the perspective of they do genuinely genuinely want to give back to the community in some way. Most of them just are waiting to see where it goes because obviously they want to know that this isn't going to burn out necessarily. The last right. thing anyone wants to see is us to get partway into the project and either it's handled irresponsibly, which we're hoping that, you know, obviously we won't happen. We're trying to be as responsible and open upfront as we can, or lack of interest, a lot of conflict, which is stuff genuinely, generally, I really talk about the conflict point with you. Mm -hmm. um, like with how if we talk about things in a certain way, there might be a lot of a little bit of conflict in the community. You see this with turf lesbians or um, I, uh, I, do, I do love conflict. People. Yeah, I think um, uh, I'm just an upfront guess. I do not think anything you do is going to appeal to the turf lesbians. I feel like a fairly unpleasable group. Um, there is a lot of infighting. A lot of it, I feel, is fairly manufactured, though. For example, like turfs represent a really small portion of the um, of the lesbian or I guess like broader feminist community, but they get signal boosted massively by traditional conservative organizations, you know, which would have, of course, their own oppositions to an LGBTQ museum anyway. Um, in terms of like internal discourse, like things, schisms along which you're going to have these um, these problems, there are definitely like you know, points of contention. I don't know. I, 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 maybe my perspective on this is a little bit biased because I'm very, very familiar with the kind of infighting the queer community experiences. You know, it's possible stuff like this happened with the um, African American History Museum too, right? There are probably elements of presentation, ways of framing certain elements of the black American experience that some people, I know there's a huge divide between younger and older black people in America in terms of like uh, the civility politics. I, I know that comes up like really often in discussions. Um, I don't know how that would bear out in application in a museum or how that would lead their priorities. But in terms of queer community stuff, I feel like there's probably a way to keep most people mostly happy um without exciting too much negative discourse you know no definitely i mean a lot of like using again the african-american museum for example uh there's there's definitely a divide between the popularity and i i use popularity as common knowledge in this case and what people are are, are visually looking for knowledgeable about for instance the african-american museum project started back in i believe this the the late 70s, early 80s, somewhere around that time period. My, my brain with years is a little bit loose right now. Um, and it didn't pick up ground until the mid 2000s, pre 2010, like probably 2006 to eight. And even then, nothing in terms of government grants or construction started until much later in, in, in the teens. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that is definitely due to uh, broader, larger awareness and support. I mean, as with anything, once it pops up and goes viral, people are a little bit, usually a little bit more immediate to do something with it. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to spend so much time in the darkness prior to doing this, trying to just figure out 
how exactly we're going to do that representation because that's something we saw with them as well where like you said there's a little bit of discourse between generations uh you still see this even in the queer community marshall shore talked about this last time with that uh, intersectionality on mm -hmm. this is how older people might call something this is how they might view something else and then other things we have to be conscious about our future terms and actually i remembered what i wanted to talk to you about uh off the bat was Usually you talk a lot about gender abolitionism. You are a, a gender abolitionist. And if I'm understanding your perspective on it correctly, that means eventually you want to get to the point where it just outside of maybe medical philosophy, it just doesn't matter. You walk in and it's not he, she, they. It is we, our. Start playing the USSR in some there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to avoid infighting, I would strongly suggest you not have the gender abolitionism wing. Um, yeah, a bit more contentious of a position. Uh, I think that when I talk about gender abolitionism, I'm talking about social roles and expectations that are associated with sex. Um, you know, of course, when, when we say a person, say, is assigned male at birth, there are a couple of ph physiological things that we can infer from that. Not always. There's variance even within, you know, intersex people exist and uh, there are characteristics that, you know, might be common to people who are assigned male at birth, but not ubiquitous, so on and so forth. But, you know, broadly, we can infer some things. But um, the the social ascriptions we then make, you know, um, well, a person who's assigned male at birth must be more brave, or they must be this, they must be that, you know, or even the assumption that they will be. That's what I tend to think of when I think of gender, and everything kind of builds out from that point. And the, I guess the ideal that I'd like to think of, you know, is a world in which categories like race and and sex exist only in their strict biological forms and are thus socially irrelevant. So, it, you know, a, a person's sex would be, in terms of their personality, as relevant a characteristic as their hair color. You know, a person's race would be literally the color of their skin. We wouldn't even have terms like white or black because not only are those terms not really biologically useful for a variety of reasons, um, they, they tend to denote a meaningful distinction that isn't really present, you know? Um, and I think that the, the goal of this ideally would be that rather than uh, the roles and attitudes that we're meant to adopt being prescribed in relation to our sex, you know, there's no prescription at all, and you can just be whoever you'd like. And the sex is just sort of an incidental characteristic, no more important than, you know, we consider eye color, hair color, uh, or any other number of things that most people don't really care about that much when it comes to making prescriptive judgments. See, I'm definitely very happy that we invite you on for these discussions because that's the kind of clarification i'm looking for um usually when you talk about it i only hear the social part in the beginning and i can never tell if you're talking broadly over overall with everything or just the social like i used to say that i was a social gender abolitionist i'd like to see to get get to that point where like you say it doesn't necessarily matter but we still can have certain titles and stuff just due to the fact of some people like to use certain pronouns and stuff like that, but it doesn't in in the long run, you go to a, a, a Coles and it's going to be pants, skirts, dresses, jackets, etc. Um, and that's definitely something that we have to keep in mind with the museum, even if we don't have a wing about gender abolitionism, just to avoid the conflict and to avoid the craziness that comes with it. 
as we move oh, yeah. forward and progress, especially with things like xenogenders, we're going to start running into a little bit less of that. Earlier today, I was in a uh, trans group chat talking with a couple people from there, and they looked at a, uh, a thing from, it was a questionnaire from like 1957 or something. And when they first posted it, someone said, wait, doesn't have to go in the not safe for work chat because it was a uh, uh, sex and how sex relates to you, like what your, your, your sex is. And they were using that term as we would use today prescribing for gender, but they were using it in like a sexual way. And if you read the title today, it, it, it sounded very uh, promiscuous. And when you took the exam, you realized, oh, it's not. It's dumb because it's like most of the questions are, do you like to cook? Do you like to hunt? Do you like guns? Do you like to fight? Does uh, uh, baking a souffle for three hours sound appealing to you? And it, it, towards the end of that, they would kind of notate where on the, the general spectrum you were. And on the one hand, it was a very progressive for the time concept of I'll say gender for the sake of today, because it actually right, four, right. You know, where do you leave? Squares. Yeah, like kind it of. It wasn't a... just male and female. It was male with you know feminine tendency, female with with masculine tendencies. It, it covered um, what today we'd call non-binary, but it obviously didn't say that because this is the fifties. But it right. was very, it it was a very progressive for the time with. Um, I can never remember that one meme where it's just like their intentions are good, but they're you're incorrect kind of thing. You like right. Well, in the right place. Progressivism back in the 1950s was calling a, a, a lady a feisty dame rather than hysterical if she argued back against her husband. Um, right. So right, you know, we're 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 dealing with a very lower, you know, very much lowered standard. Um, but yeah, the the, the sentiment. Um, the, the the sentiment we're dealing with there. I mean, th this stuff is 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 older than what we would call Western civilization, I guess. Um, with variable or intemperate attitudes towards sex, gender, and sexuality. Um, and uh, it, for in early human history, you know, back when we were all hunter gatherers, uh, social roles were heavily dictated by one's sex, not even out of social prescription, but out of um, the, the natural relationship humans had with the environment, you know. Uh, it's the same with any other animal, right? The, it, in the absence of a society or any broader social construction, um, dimorphic sexual expression uh, usually exists to facilitate some sort of biological evolutionary purpose. But ever since we overcame that, you know, we, we don't hunt or gather anymore. These things don't happen anymore, right? Being physically right. strong is essentially meaningless now in terms of how effective or productive you are day to day as a man or woman or anyone else um, outside of being an athlete, a construction worker, a couple of niche professions. As long as you're healthy, strength isn't that useful. Um, and Unless, of course, you're a fan of Encanto. Oh, of course. Well, yes, of course, of course. You know, naturally, for the good cosplays, uh, you're going to need to beef up a bit. Uh, no denying it. But it's our our understandings of it, because obviously, like the retort from you know reactionary types tends to be, you know, well, biology. You know, men are men, women are women. But well, first of all, okay, we wear glasses, we wear shoes. So you know, shut up. Uh, if we're deferring to biology here, then you know, go wipe your ass with a leaf. Obviously, we've overcome this. You know, don't be dumb. Um, 
or in terms of uh, pushback from like the, uh, you know, progressive types with gender abolitionism, I feel like a lot of them worry that the absence of gender will reduce people to their sex. I hear that one a lot, but I think I think it's kind of the opposite. I think that gender props up sex by 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 proximity. Um, that as long as gender is a construct we celebrate, uh, whether in liberating or sort of toxic, repressive ways, it, it's it's adjacency to sex gives undue importance to characteristics that, I mean, how much of your day-to-day -day life is affected by your biological sex, right? Like, probably not that much. Like, I, th I think my entire day up until this point would have been identical if I, you know, if if I'd been born, you know, like a, a cis woman or something. Granted, we never leave the house. Right, of course, naturally, you know. Um, oh, I just mean in terms of what I could do. Like, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, what are what did I want to do today? Like, I don't, I don't think right. I did like a, I, I don't think I had a man day. I think I just did stuff. You know, I, you know, it, I don't think it matters that much, and I don't think it should matter as a social prescription if it, people want it to matter to them then that should be an adoption of their choice you know uh, them building an identity of their own volition not an identity they have to shape with social baggage forced onto them right no it's it, i definitely get your point it's it's more that's something that's we're, we're constricting what is personal and what should be personal as as you see too mm -hmm. often with like the karens who say oh you're wearing the wrong outfit because my 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 boys are starting to become men with the way they're looking at people and it's 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 the the constriction of personal versus public maybe you should teach your boys to be more personal and shut up um let me move this mic. I'm still getting more accustomed. I hear you just before fine, Before this, the way. I was on podcasts, and I'm getting more accustomed to, like, what I do with my hands and stuff, because now there's a camera here. It's not as podcasty. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think your, your, your camera presence is, is, is bad at all. You sound good over the mic, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this mic was from when I, I did podcasts. Uh, I interned with a, a company back when I was in university, and they were, you know, upgrading their stuff. And they're like, hey, do you want this? I'm cool it doesn't need to be upgraded it's it's still good so i took it um but no just going off of that like then that definitely goes into a lot of how we as the museum should uh interact with the general public because you you were talking a lot about these other groups and especially if we went back to uh the turf lesbians for instance groups like that very very small number very very niche tiny but big media presence they get popped yeah. up once it's out there it's kind of strong and that's something we definitely have to be cognizant of where it's like we know they're small but when we build this in the corner if there are a hundred people you know coming onto the channel and commenting and talking and ratioing it on twitter where's what demographic is that hundred coming from like a hundred like 80 turf lesbians might be all of them. That's not a lot. But as we saw with that, what was that one group? Did you hear about a, the, it was moms for something. Um, Mo moms like, always are standing for something. And so often it's for something terrible when, uh, when they, when they make an org with that name, you know, someone in chat, someone in one of our chats will know what this was. This was, uh, it was, it was like moms against, uh, uh, gays or it, it was something and it turned out That's to be direct. like one 
one mom. It turned out to be one person, but she made a website and it was called like One Million Moms or something. And she made a bunch of posts on this website that was called One Million Moms. And it was supposed to be like a whole group of a million moms lobbying for this thing. And it actually caused major corporations and even towns to change their actions. And then like a year later, it turned out to just be one person. And I, I can't for the life of me, this was a few years ago, I can't for the life of me remember what exactly she was lobbying against. It, I just know the page was like called a million something, or something. Yeah. Well, Someone it's will know. so often it's not about influence, right? It's about um, it's about perceived influence. Uh, and, and people are really willing to buy into the idea that TERFs have legitimate concerns, um, e even though they never really name what those concerns are. You know, it's, it's always concerns, but what concerns we never we one day we'll find out i'm sure um it's the, the same old hackneyed points as well you know like well women aren't safe in their bathrooms can you supply evidence and of course they can't you know ad infinitum um really these things are problems mostly because conservative media loves to signal boost these um you know, these these organizational efforts, um, because all you need is like the BBC article that got put out recently, that awful, scandalous, um, yeah. you know, monstrously negligent piece of pseudo journalism. Um, it, 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 all you all you really need to do is, is manufacture the narrative. And hey, if you you know, if, if what you have is evidence in the form of an 88 respondent Facebook poll taken from a Facebook group that was already against trans people like, well, there's your evidence, you know. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a mess. And we had the same thing happen in Hurden and because I'm, I'm from Virginia and I recently moved to Ohio. I'm still in the process of actually getting there. Mm -hmm. But uh, in, in Hurden, Virginia, a couple months ago, there was a high school where some girl uh, was was raped in the, in the bathroom. Very, very terrible stuff. Mm -hmm. And they ended up not uh, doing anything with the boy. And the boy went to a different school and, and he, he tried to do it to another girl in the classroom. But the parents from the first school showed up and they said, hey, this boy is a trans girl. He was wearing a skirt. He used this to get into the, the girl's bathroom and get closer to our daughter. And he used this school's law on we will not discriminate against trans people to do this. Well, two things. One, the law hadn't even been passed yet. It wasn't passed for another month. Keep in mind, that's already three months after the event. Two, the boy was cis and straight and a football player and not wearing a skirt at all no evidence and three like it doesn't matter it's still illegal like no one no the the biggest argument like they're gonna spend all this time transitioning to do that no one is taking erectile dysfunction medication for two years just to change their gender card just so they can do something that's illegal anyway yeah and it didn't it matter because they ran with the notation that oh, trans girl <laughs> uses a law which hasn't been passed yet to cause harm. Would it surprise you to hear uh, that we've had to talk about this on stream several times in response to conservative fear-mongering? No, not at all. Because, I mean, the same thing happened today with uh, uh, Candace Owens talking about the, the Paris Minimouth's pantsuit while wearing a pantsuit on Fox News. She was, in, she was interviewed because... Tucker Carlson had just finished with the M&Ms and someone else came on and brought Candace Owen on to interview her because in, in France, in honor of uh, Women's History Month, they're going to be doing a big, Disney's doing a big event there and they brought some designer to come in and the designer. Right, right. It's literally, they they drew the mouse in a different In pants. a suit. Yeah. In pants instead of a dress. 
and they were going on about how this is going to destroy the women way of life and women can't survive through this and it will be fortunate that this probably isn't permanent and Candace Owens was saying all this while wearing a pantsuit so it's just it's stuff like that we have to work against and most of like our biggest thing with the museum is being open to working with schools and education groups and anyone who like wants to come we want to have that level of of knowledge progression in the museum so it's not immediately thrusting you into the deep end because there's a lot of people caught in the middle there are a lot of parents that i've talked to who they'll they'll email us and they'll message us and they'll go well we have kids and we don't want to like add to the statistic of just kicking them out but we're genuinely curious we have no idea and i'll usually point them to some resources that help them learn a little bit more because it's it's definitely difficult as a kid to talk to your parents about that stuff and i'll i'll point them to ways that they can to keep their life because a lot of them you know if they're religious well there are churches that are are less terrible than other churches and mm-hmm. there are you know different places you can go and stuff and it, it's definitely a, a mixture between how much we defend against the fear mongering and then how much we play cadence and cadence to the people who come, who've been a, a part of this for, for decades and just want to read the, the full history because we don't want to, if we scare off both sides, if we don't have that balance, then we're not we're ultimately not going to get anywhere. Um, especially now trying to like get off, we're going to get, you know, ratioed on our, on our, our, our websites and stuff which has actually happened. Our website still isn't back up for everyone asking in the chat. People are asking in my, in, in my personal discord, not even just our, the museum discord about when the, the website's coming back. And, and we, we keep working on getting it up, but like it was, we're trying to get the, the original domain back because it was, it went up early on when we first wanted to go public. And um, someone from the community who, who didn't like, you know, one group of people, it, it was, it was that infighting that rarely happens. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be if my experience observing online conflict in left leaning communities has led me to any truth, it is that it is incredibly difficult to find trustworthy and reliable people for any kind of project management uh, or really anything just for literally anything. You know, some of these people you, you, you couldn't you couldn't trust them to build a gingerbread house, let alone a museum. Um where no no, seriously because like just for one thing because i i do want to say this for your chat specifically like Mm -hmm. we're not the first group to do this we always get asked that all the time we'll get like people who are heavily involved in the the queer community will ask us do you know so and so like because there was a group before us that tried to do the museum and it it completely fell apart because one it was horribly mismanaged and two it was only specifically focused on i think like the the gay white male suburban you remember like during the aids epidemic how it involved everyone and then once the government went oh we're actually gonna like research this because it's affecting cis dudes the gay white middle class kind of separated themselves from the rest of the queer community for a little bit and ran with like everyone else with the norm it's been museum, it's been known to happen yeah yeah it, it's been known to happen um those uh those cis white gay guys um they are they have been known to be flighty i lived next to west hollywood for most of my life um it's there's definitely a stereotype in some gay communities about other types of gay communities and their their willingness to burn bridges um you know and leave other people holding the fire uh so to speak 
Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound bad or anything. I, w- I just want to clarify for that because I know I'm going to get ostracized by people who know. Oh no! That it, I, no! No! Not I, I, they, they are not in any way responsible for the shit I say. Okay. And by oh. the way, disagreeing with me on these matters is uh, homophobic because I <laughs> like men, and these are my opinions with decades of experience living West West Hollywood. Okay. Just. Uh, I meant more from the racism perspective because, like. Well, people who know me specifically will know that I pass better than Hassan, but we're from the same place. So I want to clarify for those people. Oh, I didn't. I got I didn't the know that. weird gene in my family. I'm the only person who looks like this. My 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 shit say he's gonna disown me. Oh, it's it's fine. You know, I you know I'm Polish. We're all we're all shades of non-white. Um, the real the real solution to racism is to just um incrementally reduce the spectrum of who fits into the white label until there's like one guy in Scandinavia and he's the only remaining one. You know what I mean? Like 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 eventually like all the the Anglos will be Anglo cucks and the French and the Spanish will all be various forms of swarthy. Just some, somewhere up north there's a guy in a log cabin and he yes Svensk and he's the one white guy left. Um and and he and he has all the white supremacy power and uh everyone else just, you know, gets to chill. I always find that interesting. Every time I see a meme where it's like anti uh, the LGBT due to the, the complexity of it all, like uh, I saw something there the other day where it was a, it was the random bullshit go meme from like Moon Knight from the comic, mm-hmm. and it was the the top panel was uh, uh, LGBT people, you know, don't don't make fun of this, that, and the other thing. It's it's be who you are, but don't like come out with all this crazy corporate chill stuff, you know, of all the rainbow things. And then the next comment was random bullshit go, followed by a bunch of like the more um lesser known flags uh mm-hmm. like you know uh pan uh, omniqueer uh, the, the stuff like you wouldn't walk into a church in here because to them gay is the the main term right and the the thing that i always get from that it's like it, it definitely on the surface does seem like it's more segregating but that's it's not because at the end of the day well we all understand everyone has the different identification it's we're more understanding of each other and we're more inclusive. And the the opposition I always see to this is like with uh, the census, for instance, they don't have another, they, they keep limiting the census in the US as to the number of things on there and like grouping stuff together. Like they grouped Middle Eastern as a whole with with uh, uh, white and Caucasian a while back. Right. So it's it, on the US census, it's just white. Yet we're constantly at war there and there's such a big problem of racism but if you look on the sheet you're literally listed as the same thing so i always find it funny where it's the the common argument is the more labels you have the more segregated you are but that's just not true and with hispanic as well because if you're hispanic that you're under white um and then you just check the hispanic ethnicity thing it's a really weird thing in the census why do we even add ethnicity I, it, they only do it for Hispanic people too. I I yeah. wonder if it's a way of artificially boosting the percentage of white people in this country because people were worried about that. Not look, you could get at that from either way. I, I'm not sure what the motivation was there, but yeah. having one ethnicity check and it exclusively being for Hispanic people uh, seems a bit weird, or at least inconsistent. You know. I, I know someone from from chat's gonna fact check me on this, but uh, I'm not so I'm not gonna say the date. But definitely a few years ago, there was a huge thing on Fox News going around where it was like 
America is getting less and less white, and by 2025, we're all going to be speaking Spanish instead. And there was this huge push against, because it like became the standard curriculum in high school, everyone took Spanish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, t- I took Spanish for a little bit, then I switched over to like French and German, but it was, it was this huge propagandist concern that that was a, a thing. And you see it all the time, like you were talking about earlier with the whole why we don't, the government doesn't just send you a tax check like they used to, and now it, it just causes problems because we don't teach people that in school. I don't, right. I don't know how taxes work. But, oh, um, well, no, nobody does. People, The people who write the tax laws don't know who taxes work. No, okay? it's like, they, it's just they a, don't. a big goof, you know. Um, yeah, the, the great replacement white nationalist rhetoric has definitely been ramping up lately, um, which is which is great, you know. Um, so that'll be, uh, that'll be fun to deal with. Can I, in, in terms of reliable help for the museum, can I make a suggestion? This is the distillation yeah, sure. of all the wisdom I have ever accrued, um, in, in terms of anything relating to project management and left-leaning people. You already said yes, sure. So I don't know why I paused there. So my suggestion is this, it need, you need to have a 50, 50 balance between ideologues and um, completely politically undifferentiated people who just like doing a good job because they're fastidious. The issue is that so many people on the left are so opinionated, and especially when you have identity-based stuff like trans, gay, you know, pansexual, whatever, a lot of these people, their opinions on these subjects aren't just their opinions, it's like their lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. That passion is necessary to build a good you know, system. It's necessary to understand, but it also gets in the way of impartial analysis. Uh, and it does mean that even slight disagreements can turn into schism creating foundation ruining, uh, you know, drama whirlpools. So I think you need to, to temper those people with like middlemen. You need people who like, uh, like honestly get like Bob, like Bob from accounting like a really good Bob, you know? And it can be like 50-50. Yeah. You have your people who like discovered they were trans at six years old and like wear a three-piece suit in the trans flag colors. And then you have Bob from accounting. Bob doesn't know what, like Bob doesn't know what a xenogender is. Bob knows how to run numbers and is really, really good at talking to contractors. It, I, I, I swear to God, if you just get a few of those people, like not like, bigots or whatever i mean obviously like they're good with the project and everything but like their their role is just doing a good job it makes such a difference people who are selected no, purely based like, on that i definitely understand that because we we've definitely used a lot of that like when we went to make the bot for uh for the discord shout out to our friends up in canada on tv i have to do this i'm, I'm almost contractually obligated uh queer premiere that's a tv show up in canada um mm-hmm. and they they have a little a bunch of little like mascotty characters and one of them's called cubot and they they're partnering with us they're letting us use their bot as the bot for discord so we have a custom bot on there called you know cubot it's very adorable but uh we we went to a person and we contracted. We said, "Hey, we're gonna pay you. You know, this run the server, set up the the bot, do all the the stuff for us. That way, you can join and click a button and have access to the the channels and things. And that way, you're not overridden. Because if you were to look at it from an admin perspective, um, I'm sure you went to the Discord and you clicked like what flags apply to you. Did you see uh, channels for each of those flags where you could click it and it would have like sections to talk about it?" Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't click any of the flags. I I marched oh, in I with the with the did. assumed the assumed arrogance of a live streamer okay. entering a Discord channel to call people. 
No, no, definitely understand. But like, there's a thing there where you can do that. You can go into self roles and click like gay, and then you'll have you'll see now a new discussion board where it goes you know gay and it goes history, contention, knowledge if you want to have about it. Like five different things to talk. We have that times twenty three in there. Well, yeah, because the the system we have twenty three flags we're tracking. So if you're an admin, you scroll for days in the Discord. So we went we went to him like, look, we don't want everyone joining this Discord and scrolling for days because you know if you click three flags, you already then have fifteen different things to talk in, and that that's enough. So and he didn't know the first thing about any of this. Like he he didn't he knew like. Obviously, that there are people who are gay and like gay men, you know, like different. But he was from a, a, a country where they didn't even have like pronouns, gen, you know, they didn't gender chairs like we do. So or, or ships or stuff. So it, to them, it was like everything was just they. You know, so we're talking about like trans non-binary. He kept asking me, you know, what does this flag mean? What does this flag mean? Like I was showing the colors and I was educating him as best I could. And it's not that he didn't care, but it's that he really didn't care in the perspective of, OK, cool. Right. That, well, this, that, is, this is awesome. This is yeah. This is this is essentially the business equivalent of how every like solid college gay group just has one large white cis guy. They can be gay or whatever, but they have to be like the big white cis guy, and they're the one who calls the pizza place. You know, if there's uh, problems, I think this guy was like five two. Uh oh. Well, I got to be that guy. Um. It, uh. Uh. You know. But well, height uh, only metaphorically important here. Uh, for for the construction, but you know, all all I'm saying is that you know, when when everyone's an ideologue and everyone has strong opinions and everything, there's nothing more inviting than the warmly Midwestern accent of some guy with like two first names saying, "Well, I don't know what a transgender is, but I can tell you're being fleeced by these contractors. Let me go and talk to them and make sure they take a couple of zeros off of that budget, <laughs> off that bill, okay? Honestly. Like that 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 is like that is an it, immeasurably it, it, essential uh element of any project management we we worked no you don't know how right you are because we worked with someone and it, it was like they were the the dude from uh i can never remember his name but he's like that cowboy actor he's got that big mustache he keeps aging backwards i i think he started he became the the new mayor on family guy like actually himself after adam west died but it, it's this this big this cowboy guy, and he, he was in some TV show after 70s showing off the air. And we had a guy like that, exactly like that. He like he thought Brokeback Mountain was a, a he, he didn't get the, the gay mem memo in that somehow. I don't know how. Wait, what? And Wait, did he not? No, he didn't. Okay. Well, he did, like, he, I don't know. And he just he just didn't care. He's like, oh, you know, they, 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 they're, 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 they're buddies. Who cares? What good, what good they're, friends. They're doing gross stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what what a what a heartwarming tale of friendship between two men. <laughs> he he literally said that to us. He went he went. Oh yeah, no. If if you haven't kissed your homie good night, are you really friends? And we yeah. went. Oh okay, cool. Like yeah. unironically, you, to me, yeah. No, no. It's, it, it's in a weird way. It's almost like a wraparound progressive kind of like not like not really but like a little bit you know people normally do this with women you know historical figures yeah. they'll be they'll be like you know the the countess elizabethia who never married and never had children and spent all her time with her chambermaid and they died together and were buried together and historians were like oh my god girl besties we're oh my god rubies yeah. you know oh, so no, like he knew he knew what gay people were he just he didn't 
pick up on it because he himself wasn't very like romantic anyway so he was just like they're just being good you know good friends to each other but like he he helped us out with a lot of the numbers and going over because initially we were talking about we're in northern virginia or maryland if you're gonna put it there and he was doing the tax comparison between the two states because they have different maryland like every corporation keeps putting their stuff in maryland because it has virtually no tax laws and he, he was just going over the the back and forth stuff with us so I definitely get what you're saying, like outside of the people and even in the people who like break down how we separate the flags. Like we had a we, we gave it to two people on the, the the board, the council, and they went, OK, here's a bunch of flags. We don't know what all 23 of these are, but we know like which ones are, are, are gender based, which ones are sexuality based, which ones are, are middle ground. And they kind of just helped us how to divide them. And one thing I noticed as a sociologist was there were a lot of things that they were assisting us with that if they were too aligned with any one of the flags they might have missed because they might have like overemphasized the, the, the similarity between two or they might have misconnected gray areas and stuff. And we came up with a really good layout for the, the, the inside of the, the museum, a really good design point. Um, mm -hmm. We're probably going to launch uh, a preview of the design at AwesomeCon in June for, again, anyone on that Post who knows what awesome con is? I know that's the opposite of you, but uh, uh, it's soon to be. The no, I'm me, I'm I'm drive absolutely familiar with with awesome con. I've I've definitely heard of it. I um no yeah it's it's uh, first of all I highly encourage anyone going to awesome con to um drop by the booth obviously um don't even need me to say that I guess um but yeah I don't know I I just feel like it's 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 always going to be a, a diversity of perspectives kind of thing um my my time in the online left has been fraught with um some disagreement you know uh i think that's a fairly common experience uh i i i just think it's really difficult to build a cohesive vision which takes into account the desires of everyone um unless you're willing to have a sort of authoritative not author a museum can never really be an authoritative um uh, entity, I think, because it, it it's always subservient to the uh, information it wants to present, or at least it shouldn't be authoritative. But right, um, it, right. A, a, I mean, you a, can definitely wash. You can definitely wash to a good degree the the information you want to present, as we've seen with uh, some of the museums we're unfortunately in conflict with, where they'll they'll talk about people, but then they won't talk about everything about that person because they'll be like just them from the the working perspective, no private life for that one specifically. And of course, we know why. That's what we want to try and move past. Right, that. right, right, right. Of course, yeah, you know, or, or you have all, there are so many male historical figures. Um, where usually these are like savants or like i mean let's be real like autistic people before we knew autism was real and a lot of them were very obviously gay and they just it's it very rarely gets discussed so it'll just be like oh they they were asexual they had no interest in sex and it, like it, i i remember reading up on this um at least one specific instance where there's a historical figure broadly thought of as like being ace, just not interested in people, you know? This is back in the 1800s or whatever. But like, if you read even a little bit into them, they obviously had men, multiple male lovers, you know? Uh, but then you just don't talk about it. You know, if, if, if it is discussed, it's it's painted over. And if, if not painted over, it's, it's not even addressed at all. So um, obviously that's, that's not good. Uh, I don't like that. That's definitely one... Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 I was I was at the end there. 
Okay. No, I just want to, I, I was going to add on to that. That's definitely one of the open points for discussion. Um, and I, I don't mean discussion against it. I mean, discussion in ways to like present it because there are certain topics like that where we don't want to just go out and say straight, like, oh, this person was gay. We want to talk about um, the differences between like romantic attraction and sexual attraction. Cause you, there, you can tell based on letters and get into the little nuances and stuff. I just wanted to, to add that extra thing because I knew someone was going to ask me, you know, if they went into the discord and look, they'll see, okay, well under, let's say uh, gay, for instance, you have um, uh, down here, it goes save space for obvious purposes, definition, again, obvious purposes, current events for media news, Fox and friends. You get the idea. History, debate, and questioning. Questioning is pretty obvious. History is pretty obvious. Debate, less so obvious, especially for some of the mainstream ones like gay and lesbian that, that you, you can't really debate those in the way you could debate, um, let's say, xenogenders. Not that you could debate a xenogender in terms of existence, but they're definitely getting into a little bit of a presentation discussion as you progress into it a little bit. So that being out there and just what, the debate along for some of that stuff is, and for all of them really is more so how we go about presenting um, some aspects yeah, and you're of history. Always going to be in very rocky territory there. Um, that's just one of the issues with discussing anything that is so essentially a component of people's identities. You know, um, there, there are people for whom the, slightest disagreements are like ride or die you know there's you know, my way or the highway like like there's no room for disagreement essentially um that... which definitely makes it difficult to navigate these discussions that actually leads us into some conflict discussions that uh, i definitely was interested in getting your your perspective on uh two two things here i'll, I'll first i'll just deal with the straight conflict like You'll have things where um, we talk about uh, different arguments from, and this is, again, mostly theoretical stuff. This isn't stuff that we're going to, you know, you might have two good bits, but we're not going to solve it tonight because there's no really solving it. But you talk about people using pronouns in their, their Twitter, obviously. You can't really make a bad argument against that. I've seen people saying, like, oh, you're just having pronouns in your bio for clout because you want to be a good, seen as a good ally. But in reality having anyone everyone having pronouns in their twitter bio kind of like destigmatizes it so you're like eventually we'll get to the point where you look at it and go oh that's just their pronouns like they're not necessarily a part of their community because i i i've, I've literally seen conservatives who have pronouns in their bios just because they 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 know like they understand the meaning behind it and they, maybe they look androgynous maybe they have like a weird furry or an m&m as their profile pic who knows but um, I've, I've definitely seen the argument from from people who come out saying like, oh, we don't want like them having it because it, it takes away from this when and some people make the argument it should. And there are ways to go about talking about that. And then obviously you have the other side where it's like some people might transition and detransition for any number of reasons. And that's not your business, but you're always going to have the conservatives coming out and saying, oh, they just did it for clout in the first place. Or even people on the left might come out and say that if it's it's for if it's for a very particularly shorter period of time and it's someone who is a. a, a higher worth person and there are many many ways we've discussed handling things like that just because that second one in particular can present a very rocky slope from defending certain people depending on if it really is for clout versus not but obviously we all can agree that you don't want to ride the 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 hype assumption train of once someone starts doing it because they're either doing it too late in life or they don't fit some kind of like a, a peripheral 
perfectionism. Like we're not Jedi here. We're not going to say they're too old to wield a glow stick. Can I, I want to be forthcoming on this. Well, actually, let me ask you. So I don't think there's any such thing as an apolitical presentation of information. Museums historically have generally been made for a reason. Sometimes they're made to showcase all, showcase all the cool stuff that rich people have, and it's a private exhibition. Sometimes a government puts this stuff out there because they just killed a bunch of black people and they found some cool, like, rock carvings that they want to show off, or, like, metalworking. Uh, you know, British Museum, uh, the world's largest uh, crime scene, so on and so on. Um, but there, there's usually a reason. Um, and with regards to this museum, what do you imagine the message is supposed to be? Do you want to just neutrally present the history of of uh, queer people in America? Are you interested in a kind of performative expression of power? Uh, you know, essentially, uh, we've always been here. We're more prominent than ever before. This is what we are. This is what we have. This is what we've done. Uh, you know, not to say that it would have to be confrontational, but there's definitely something very authoritative about having a museum, you know, dedicated to your presence. It's a form of legitimacy um, that, you know, was historically denied many groups. The fact that they can exist now is a testament to the fact that queer acceptance has come a long way. I I I'm curious about what your intentions are because depending on what they are or where you would weigh your relative preferences i feel like some of these issues that we're talking about here probably shouldn't be touched on at all for example like xeno gender discourse um uh, pronouns and bio these are modern culture war issues it doesn't mean they're not important they obviously touch on real meaningful things that people talk and think about but there are also things that are currently getting like you know airtime on, on on the news i mean you know it's it's something that people like currently argue over and it feels like to me it would be the equivalent of trying to think of like a like an example of this it like to me it feels like it would almost be the equivalent of going to the african-american history museum and seeing like the the Lil Nas X section and like Twitter beefs between Lil Nas X and like homophobic rappers and whether or not like he's rap or um or, or country with Old Town Road or whatever you know not to say these aren't important questions in terms of like sort of determining the 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 path of the river what people are concerned about but by the time that stuff gets put up in the museum it's it's almost going to be made irrelevant by circumstance so what do you, what what is the the attitude with which you want to present this? Do, do you know what I mean? I know I'm rambling. No, about no, I, I definitely know what you mean. And the last thing I want to do is give some kind of like pre-prepared council statement of, you know, we're this, this, this as an organization. Obviously, me being the person who interviews most people or talks, um, Marshall and I are kind of like now the face of the, the, the project. So I, I definitely want to give you my opinion. Uh, as well. And, and obviously, we can discuss this in the future. I, I might ask Marshall the same question. I'd say it's there's nothing neutral about it. Everything that ever happens is political. Even if we were to come up here and from the baseline as neutral as possible, say like this happened. Just presenting that information, you're never going to do it in a neutral way. You're always going to do it in either a positive or a negative, and the majority will understand like what you're saying. Like. It, 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 like, unless you have a sign that literally just says someone ate this apple, 
and even then, like, the, you can just discuss inflictions and get the whole Sherlock Holmes territory of writing, but people are going to read that with their pre-bias or their predisposition the, anyway. The decision, the decision to even include that information at all, right? right? Every success, every failure, chron you know, chronologued is, is a, an expression of bias. There's an infinite amount of information to present on any subject. Um, what you cut out or what you leave in, it, you know, says as much about the world as it does about you. For the majority purpose just of the museum 95 percent, 80 percent the main chunk it is the good progressive acknowledgement of things existing in the past like the the common argument that this happened at stone no this has existed since the dawn of time like kind of the the horton here's a who we are here it is we're here we're good there's nothing wrong with it this exists you may not like it, you may not agree with it, but accept it. Like it, it, it's trying to put the good spin. The the it, it's good. Like it's it's left leaning. It's it's positive. And I, I don't like using like left leaning as a political term to to describe goodness necessarily because that's that's not a correct thing to do. But I'm I'm having a little bit of trouble just describing um, the point of the museum outside of a a right or wrong perspective because I obviously believe it's right. And as even as an unbiased sociologist as I am, like I, I went to school to be able to go, you know, I don't have an opinion. I can explain the reasoning behind either side. This is one of the things I, I do have a, a few things I do have a strong opinion about. Yeah, we it's, can it's definitely good. say that historically left leaning people have had the better opinions on uh, gay and trans yes. people. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, we, definitely. Fair, yeah. Um, to answer the second question, the reason. And this is one of the reasons earlier I was saying, like, even when we touch upon things like uh, the reason we have to keep things like gender abolition in mind is the museum is a history museum. Culture and history, everything has to be thought from a present or past tense, depending on where it lies. Most things past tense. Even when we talk about things like um, pronouns in the bio or or uh, people transitioning and detransitioning for various reasons and, and discussing what those various reasons could be that we don't want to nitpick into people's personal lives because that's again one of the reasons i kind of left the spotlight before joining the museum project like it's the whole i don't agree with how that's handled oftentimes um that was more so for two things one for the internet presence because we do have a website we do have a facebook eventually we'll have a twitter like what we'll, we'll have interns running social medias we will have some level of presence and we're already at the point in society where like corporations are considered people to the 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 lack of privacy concern you know the, the whole thing that like you look at a corporation and see like i want wendy's twitter to 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 roast me with a big foot like it, it happens the second reason was i would have to slightly disagree with you on some of what you said specifically like as little concern or relevance as I think the pronouns in the bio is, I don't think it's necessarily an apt comparison to Little Nas in the way you made it. I might be misunderstanding it, though. What I mean by this is we would put it, even if we put it in the museum in a past tense perspective for modern culture, because we know it's largely going to be done by the time it's over, which I don't necessarily think it's going to totally be, it's still necessarily an importance because it's talking about, like, this is the perspective of something largely being accepted overall like you'll see um uh trans people trans people they have an identification they come out they have their gender their pronouns their their name they're going to change it on their birth certificate they're going to change it on their cards we're going to call them how it is 
And yeah, this should be the norm for everyone. You shouldn't just assume, go up and say like, hey, if someone corrects you, because this happens with uh, with cis people. You see it all the time where a, a woman who has a little too much testosterone, she could be conceived a little bit more manly, gets arrested going into a bathroom and kicked out of a bar in, in Texas or somewhere. It happens all the time. And it's something that like can largely affect everyone and branch out. So saying like, okay, here is something in, in a room where we talk about the conceived notation of gender and how you know everyone has their identity. It's something that is currently relevant and I think will be relevant for a long time. And since everyone, like no one goes anywhere without their phone, most of our friends are, are different countries online, everyone's going to be dealing with that online presence in a way that is is relevant a little bit to to how it's handled and like you said earlier with the the going into the next thing i know i'm kind of going all over the place here but the the third thing you said with like political spectrum we are a political organization like it or not i may not like it people on on the team may like not like it interns might not like it doesn't matter we are like it or not we are a political spectrum and we have to uphold our ideals because there are two sides of the political coin. There's the people who you talked to the other day who identified as a, as a conservative and they were largely a, um, a economical conservative. They talked from the perspective of what actually is technically a matter of opinion. They went sociologically gay, trans don't care. If you're a good person, I'll still be friends. That largely fights the overall notation of conservatism. But that's why I, I often talk about it from two perspectives. Because weirdly enough, I met like oh, I was back when I was in university. My last year of university, Trump's end of his reign before January 6th, um, before I actually went back to, to Virginia. Because I, I was there watching your stream. I was outside of the hotel. You were on the phone with one of your friends who was in D.C. in a hotel. I was outside of their hotel listening to them talk through your stream. It was really weird. Uh, oh, very wow. um, uh, whatever you uh, very parasocial. It was very interesting. But when I was still in weird university, weird to get reminders up, of stuff like that, you know. Oh, especially with that vigil. That was a, a interesting experience. But um, there was a group in Pennsylvania at my university. A guy, a guy came in to speak and to pick up another girl. He was a gay, very hyper femme. Um, Many and, such cases. And, and she was a, a, uh, well, he was also, he was also, um, he was non-binary, non-binary, gay immigrant. She was a uh, second generation Latino, um, bisexual, like they were about as queer as you could get, like wearing rainbows. They were, the, it, it, whatever you think of the stereotype of a Catholic missionary taking you to play football and trying to be a cool kid is from like, you know, Bible school days. Imagine the queer equivalent. And they were planning parades and and um, what's it called? The thing you're always talking about doing where you go around like houses to, to try and like an, uh, get an official elected. Hey, canvassing, canvassing, canvassing. Yeah. Like they were planning canvassing. They were planning um, marches. They were planning dinners prior to Trump's election for Trump. And like they went over there at the dorm up for me. They went over and they, they had it on the TV. They had like full deck out Trump, Trump, this, Trump, that they were about as sociologically queer as you can get. Like they fundamentally love the idea of the museum. They want to help everything out with the museum. So the only reason I bring up stuff like that is I think it's definitely important. Well, on the surface, obviously we are left leaning for obvious reasons. It's definitely important to address 
some of those, mostly from the perspective of we want to, we you, always want to extend the better hand. You, like we always want to you want to it. talk about what people are talking about. Right. It, it's it's not it's not just an anthropological exploration. Um, it's it's a it's a participation in modern discourse. Um, no, I I understand. I don't I don't know if there's any approach you can take that will rid the world of the um, mind boggling existence of of the the queer for Trump crowd. You know, um, you, God bless them and everything. Uh, I, I I will I will say this though, if if I may, because I have a suggestion on to how as to how to do that. Um, uh, I turn you know to my inspiration on this towards, of course, cannibalism. Have you ever heard of the Museum of Cannibalism? Yes. Well, it's uh, it's a fun ride. Um, it's not actually a ride; it's just a museum. But there's an interesting bit towards the end um, that I think is actually really instructive for um, for something like this, because when when you're dealing with issues like you know, um, well, what is gender? What is sex? Even because people don't seem to know. I've never heard a conservative effectively counter this. You know, what actually makes a biological woman, quote unquote? You know, they'll never be able to get me on this one because they don't read their American American scientific journals. But even if they did, I mean, you know, it, it's a spectrum, right? Um, it's bimodal, right. not binary. Uh, so really, really difficult to get a hold in things like that. But the best way, um, to pose the question, give the implied answer, but minimize the potential for backlash or social media ratioing is to know how to frame the question to begin with. So the, the museum of cannibalism posed the question at its end, what is cannibalism? And it seems like it's an easy answer because, you know, you've been walking through the museum and you're getting all these harrowing stories of, you know, um, uh, Antarctic explorers having to eat their own legs to survive the winter after getting trapped by a blizzard. Yeah, crap like that, right? So what is cannibalism? Well, this, obviously. Well, you know, uh, and you get your litany of examples, right? Well, what about oral sex? Well, obviously that's not, you know, what about skin cells? Okay, well, that's not, you know, well, what about this? What about that? And I don't remember all the details, biting but... Biting fingernails. Fi yeah, biting fingernails, right? Uh, uh, some people, uh, you know, names retracted have had a compulsive habit of, you know, like uh, fucking chewing on their mustache hairs from time to time. It's just a thing people do a little bit. There's an ambiguity mm -hmm. there. And, and and if you're going by, well, that's not the bad kind of cannibalism, well, well, that would imply that it's the good kind of cannibalism, which would mean that it's cannibalism. The ambiguity that it sows at the end is really, really brilliant. Of course, they do a better job with their crafted museum piece than I can now working off of memory. In 20 minutes on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. But they did a great job. So, like, with sex, you know... Um, there's a huge difference in terms of your capacity to change minds between saying, you know, uh, there's no real such thing as a biological woman and asking what a woman really is. There's a huge difference between, you know, saying, oh, actually, there are an infinite number of genders. It's totally arbitrary. And saying there's no objective way of describing how many genders there are or can be. Or asking people, well, where do you draw these lines? How do or you know? Even probably a, a better way of describing it, just like if you're if you're meeting someone out front and, and you're trying to, to 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 have that first step discussion there's no way to arbitrarily or objectively 
prescribe a definition to gender norms in actions. Because if they try, they're just going to be going back to like women in the kitchen and in the, the wood shop. Like there's no way to objectively prescribe what different genders are, are, are necessarily better at, unless of course you're talking about Captain America and him actually pulling a helicopter, which I learned recently he did, and that baffles my mind. Right. Well, you know, uh, the Captain America feats aside, um, the ambiguity is essential because so many people have essentialist perspectives on this. They think that things are the way they are um, in in an inviolate, like, inarguable way. And the best way to break that down is to force them to admit they don't have an answer to these questions. So the big suggestion that I would have is simply that. If there's a controversial issue that you want to weigh in on, I think the best way to do that is by not actually weighing in on it, but you can ask questions pertaining to it in a way which clearly denotes your implied answer. Right. Um, no. You break that down. And if people leave the queer museum, you know, whatever, not knowing what it means to be gay, lesbian, a man, a woman, trans or cis, I'd say that's always going to be a win for the progressives. It, the ambiguity only functions to help you know, marginalize people because essentially essentialism is the the vehicle for oppression historically in almost all cases. And that was part one of a two-part podcast. If you're interested in finishing it, then uh, you should wait for the next episode.